0: This week, we're talking about the attitude towards poor quality work, who is to blame, and how do we fix that? Welcome to the show, where we tackle a tough question submitted by installers, project managers, estimators, and IT personnel, sometimes even customers. On this show, we connect at the human level so that we can connect the world. If you're watching this podcast on YouTube and you like this content, please hit the subscribe button and the bell button to be notified when new shows are published. If you are listening to us on some podcast platform such as iTunes, Stitchers, or one of the other platforms, would you mind consider leaving us a five-star rating? If it's not a five-star rating, let me know what I can do to make it a five-star show. Both of these steps help us take on the algorithm so more people can hear our message, so we can educate, encourage, and enrich the lives of people in the industry. Also, don't forget our After Hours Live series, where we broadcast live Thursdays, 6 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, where you can submit your questions to be answered by your favorite RCDD. That would be me. We're broadcast on YouTube, LinkedIn, Facebook, and even TikTok. Make sure to send your questions to questions at letstalkcabling.com. Make sure also check out our website because that's where all the recorded podcasts, vlogs, and articles are stored. You can also sign up for our newsletter and also ways to learn on how to support this platform through Patreon, Amazon links, and donations through PayPal. Our content is free and will always remain free. Last week... I saw a post on Facebook, and it was something that was done wrong. And I don't mean just wrong, I mean it was borderline negligent. The picture itself is not really what got me wound up, because there will always be bad work, and we'll get into that more later. But what really shocked me was how many comments said, Looks good from here. What, that doesn't matter? The customer said it was okay. The customer will never see it once the box is closed. And... That TikTok video, as of last night, had over 5,000 views and over 50 comments and two shares. By far, one of the most active posts on my TikTok account. So here, let me play you the video where I shared it on TikTok. But before I do, make sure to comment below on your thoughts after watching this video. For those listening, I will try to describe, probably be better, if you watch the video on YouTube or Visit Let's Talk Cabling, TikTok, usernames Chuck Bowser, RCDD. You will want to watch the video titled Do Better. I came across this picture on Facebook recently, and I was surprised at the comments inside of it. People saying, I can't see it from my house. This looks fine to me. Yeah, but it works. If you're doing work like this, get out of our industry. You should be doing better. If you're willing to do work like that where nobody can see it, I'm not going to trust you to do work where I can't see it. Be better. What's your thoughts? So on this picture, what you are seeing for those who are listening to the audio content, there's a picture of a conduit coming from below the frame. We can't see where it goes to. It comes to a box mounted on the wall. Now, this is all outside of the building. And the cable that comes out of the conduit out of the bottom of the box is a white category rated cable cable appears to be either a plenum or a riser-rated cable. On that cable, it's terminated with a keystone jack. And then there's a blue cable coming from the conduit coming down into the top of the box, which is terminated on an RJ45 and plugs into that keystone jack. And then there's a title on the picture that says something about a DMARC extension. So remember, this is all outside work here, and it's all done with category-rated listed cabling, either plenum or riser rated. After I watched the video again, I realized some of the comments, and I understand why maybe some of the people were kind of confused. Let me me first say that I don't necessarily blame the technician at all in this picture. We all have seen pictures of bad work. All we have is the picture of the after effect of this work. We don't know why it was done this way, and we could argue all day long about what if it's done right, or if it's done wrong. Now, this is more about the attitude towards that workmanship, not necessarily the workmanship itself. And the fact that the code says that it must be done in a neat and workmanlike manner, which this clearly is not. So I want to look at this picture from three perspectives in today's show. These These perspectives should cover the majority of the comments that were made on that video. The perspectives will be A, from the technician's point of view, B, from the employer's point of view, and finally, the point of view from the customer. Now, as a technician in the field, the top two reasons as to why the work was done this way or this poor method that was done was because of lack of training or poor workmanship. Let's address each of those. First one, poor training. Now, while great companies are always going to train you, the difficulty is, that requires time. The typical apprentices' programs can be a year and sometimes even longer. There is no magic pill that you can take, and voila, you now know everything about communications. I have been in this industry for over 40 years, and I still don't know everything. I am still in the learning process, and sometimes I learn from some places that you would not necessarily expect. Now, since this was a picture of a DMARC extension, Let's say that the technician was not trained on that part of communications yet. They've never done a DMARC extension. The technician should have called their supervisor and asked for instructions on how to correctly do this work. If the supervisor told the technician to do the work this way, well, we'll cover that under the second section under the employer. Now, today's communications is certainly a lot easier. Nearly everybody has a cell phone or a company's cell phone. You could take a picture of it and text it to your employer for instructions. If you're on a site where you could also use the customer's phone. Now, many moons ago, we did not always have such great access to to cell phones. We had to rely on pagers and sometimes even pay phones, which was really a pain. Also, in today's world, there's a plethora of free training out there via the manufacturers, YouTube, webinars, and all the like. I have mentioned these many times on this podcast. Go back and watch one of those episodes. The only way to become better is to learn. Remember the motto of the show, knowledge is power. Now, there is something to be said that under the assumption that for whatever reason, the office could not be reached and the customer absolutely needed this circuit back up immediately. It was mission critical to the customer. Sometimes you have to do something like this for a temporary fix because you don't have the parts or the skills. In which case you'll need to inform the company and the customer of the situation and make them aware so that way somebody can come back and remedy the installation and installation and terminate this correctly. The key here is communications. Okay, we are in the communications industry. Now you've informed the company and you inform the customer. And then now there's a plan to actually do this right, based on based on the picture and the surprise that the person who actually took the picture. I don't think there was any plan of action to remedy this issue. Other comments were made. Maybe the employer doesn't care about the quality of work, or they're just out to make money. Yes, there are companies that out there, but we have to clean up their messes all the time. And those companies usually either don't last very long or they adapt and learn and start doing quality work. Now, as a technician in the field, if your employer is telling you to do work like this, you need to seriously either consider trying to change the company culture about quality or find a new employer. Also, you are your own brand. And what I mean by that is, if you work in this industry long enough, you will earn your own personal reputation, good or bad. It's up to you. Trust me. You don't want a bad reputation. You will be—you want to be known for a person who does quality work. The better your reputation, the more potential for money that you can make. And there are plenty of companies out there that will pay extra for a technician who is known for going the extra mile and doing the right thing, even if nobody is looking. If you're doing the right thing and the employer is hesitant to changing their attitude, well, then it's time for you to go find a new company. Now, because companies also have reputations, as I said, they will probably be going out of business. So you're going to be looking for a job either way. You don't want to be doing a job interview and having it talking to that job interviewer and have them see on your resume that you used to work for a company that was known for bad work in the industry. We all know who they are. That alone will tarnish your reputation, even though you're trying to work as hard as you can to have a good reputation. If you want to make more money or if you want to get promoted to that position you want to get to within the company or in the industry, you're going to want to build a great reputation. Now, let's shift to the employer's point of view. The biggest thing that a company can do is give their staff room to grow and make mistakes. Rather than using those mistakes as a way to punish their people, they should be using those mistakes as a way to train them to become better. You don't want to hamstring your people in the field by having them afraid to make a decision because they fear of reprisal or punishment. Secondly, encourage communications. We work in the communications industry for Pete's sake. Let's communicate. If you are a project manager or an owner, be available to take that call, but don't treat it as if that person is like a a disruption to your day and you don't have time. Treat them like they are valuable and dignified. You are only as good as the people who work for you. I don't care if you're in the middle of uh, responding to some office emergency or some kind of a bid. These kinds of issues can be resolved typically in minutes. And if they're left to fester, they can become huge money and time pits. And third, and I hope I don't have to say this, train your people. Now, when you think that you have trained them enough, train them some more. Trust me, your competition is. There are some companies out there that go well beyond training their employees. I don't want to hear the, well, if I train them, they will leave. And while, yes, they might be true for some technicians, but I'd venture to guess that those technicians probably would have left anyway. And if you're worried about the cost of training, your focus is wrong. You should be worried about the cost of not training. But as an employer, you have the ability to protect your investment by entering into an agreement with your staff that stipulates that if they take this training and they leave before the prescribed period of time, that they will owe you the amount of the training, prorated on the amount of time that they spend. That's called a training agreement. Now, this may be the route for a newer employee who just started with your company, but your core team. You know, the ones who've been there through thick and thin, the ones who left their families at the dinner table to run that emergency call, you know, the ones who missed their son or their daughter's soccer event because they had to go run a call for you. They have earned your respect to not have to sign that training agreement. Just my thoughts. Now, when you don't make the core team members sign it, generally, it's going to make them feel more loyal. And always remember, you and your staff are on the same team. Treat them as such. They are not the opposition. Fourth, there's cost to quality, or more accurately, there's cost to poor quality. Let's say that you dispatch that technician to go do that job, and it takes them four hours to do that job. Now, in that cost, you have the burdened labor, the truck cost, overhead, and the parts of that small job. And let's say that that job was done wrong, and now you have to either dispatch another technician or send back the original technician to go fix this issue. You are going to lose money because the time spent to fix that issue is going to be double the time that it took the person to do the job right the first time, especially if it's a tech who wasn't there originally. So now you're looking at six to eight hours for something that you will not be able to bill the customer because this is a, this is a fix. You're rolling the truck for a service call. This will come straight from your yearly profits. More importantly, those six to eight hours that that person's there trying to fix that issue... That technician is not on another job earning revenue like they're supposed to be doing. So you are taking a double hit. You also lost those billable hours. And that's where it could have been working on the other tasks. It had brought in that revenue. And then finally, what about the loss of customer confidence? The cost of customer confidence is is when you or your staff now treat the problem that would be fixed. And the customer just does not feel comfortable with you being able to fix their problems. How do you calculate those soft costs and that loss of confidence? If the issue is bad enough, you may even lose the customer permanently. And trust me, you think your technicians are fickles? Try customers. And finally, let's look at this through a customer's perspective. There are quite a few comments there as to, well, that's probably what the customer wanted, or that's all the customer will pay for. I have some news for you guys, and this may be shocking because we've always been taught we've always been taught opposite of this the customer is not always right period some of you will need to educate your customers when you're out there in the field i have found personally the best way to educate a customer is by showing them how their decision is going to cost them more money and then document that conversation using this picture as an example i would tell you that customer Well, that keystone jack is not rated for outdoor use, and as such, it may have some corrosion issues caused from the moisture in the air, and may cause loss of connectivity, which means now the person is using that computer or that phone can no longer do their job until we come back to fix this. Furthermore, this is not considered a permanent connection. A legitimate splice would have been better. This cost would also affect how long it takes to download documents, dropped calls, or even may not even use the phone. And now you're going to be paying your staff for the downtime. I'm sure I could probably come up with a dozen more reasons or a dozen more scenarios on how this cost would affect them if given time. Once you have informed that customer, if they still persist on doing this the wrong way, then document that conversation. How do you document a conversation? You send a confirming email, or you have them sign what's called a no charge change order. That way, when it does fail, and trust me, it will, you have the documentation as to why they have to pay you to come back to fix it, because you warned them ahead of time. If you don't document it, they're going to conveniently forget that conversation. The majority of the time, our point of contact for the customer is somebody who's not a cable person and would not understand the impact of their decision. They usually are the office manager who could care less or only worried about their Bottom dollar, how much is this ticket going to cost me? It is your job to educate them and correct them per codes, standards, and industry best practices. Now, most customers will embrace you taking the time to educate them if it's done with sincerity. It goes on an additional step, again, with raising the awareness of your company's reputation in their eyes. This little step will also protect you from competitors who may come behind you to do work at the same building that you are. Because if they do it wrong, the customer is going to know what is the correct way. And guess who's doing that? You are. So again, invest in your people. And finally, sometimes as a contractor, you may not understand this. You may have to fire a customer. There are customers out there that only want it done for the cheapest way, even if that's the wrong way. They They will not want to be educated on the correct methodology and those people are not the type of customers that you want anyways. They will award typically a bid project to the contractor who has the least amount in the bid. You could generally lose a bid by $100 because the other contractor was just a slight bit cheaper than you, and they don't care about quality. They don't care that your bid has the missing parts in it that the other competitors did not. Remember, the relationship between The contractor and the customer is a mutually beneficial relationship. And when it quits becoming mutually beneficial, either party has the right to stop that relationship. So you need to treat it as as such. Neither one of you are in the power. You do have the ability, you do have the right, and you are expected to fire the customer if you have this type of a customer. One more thing before I finally close out this episode. And I did not think about addressing this, but it's the way that the manufacturer may look at this. If you're a certified contractor with a manufacturer who does this type of work, this type of work is typically not going to be covered under warranty, which means you're on the hook because that connectivity failed due to moisture. Manufacturers want the best contractors in their programs. And typically, if they find that they do work like this, They may expel you from their program, which could cost you future work and also rebates. Now, I think I've covered the majority of the issues from this stall. If you can think of something that I missed or a point of view that I may have missed, make sure you put that in the comments below. Let's keep this conversation going so people can learn from it. True learning comes from making mistakes. And trust me, we have all made them. Until next time, knowledge is power. That's it for this episode of today's podcast. We hope you were able to learn something. Make sure to subscribe so you don't miss out on future content. Also, leave a rating so we can help even more people learn about telecommunications. Until next time, be safe.